0: Welcome to episode 18 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men the Animated Series Weekly Recap Podcast. I am JC. And according to the sounds in my background, I live next to a NASCAR track.
1: (laughs) Of course you do. And I'm Rod. You can look me up on Instagram or TikTok under Rod Kim Rocks. Cyclops is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men Animated Series in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, coming to Disney Plus in 2023. Maybe
0: April, if the internet rumors are true. We we by the t- by the time this goes live, that will probably be disproven. <laughs> we are a recap show about a series that came out 29 years ago. There will be spoilers in this episode. So if you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, come back and we'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes that we have not covered yet. And just for sake of transparency, we're not affiliated or sponsored by Disney and Disney Plus in any way, shape or form. But our our contact emails and our bio Disney.
1: Yeah or if one of the Marvel I should Mo- probably Mo- check
0: games. that email I haven't right. done that in weeks we have,
1: we have like seven offers
0: <laughs> all from <laughs> Disney directly <Yeah. laughs> oh there's no way they're sponsoring us
1: so, don't forget to follow us on social media. Speaking of, at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Presumably, TikTok is still random as hell. Or, in fact, Instagram Reels. So, we might still be popping by then. I don't know. But now it's enough to.
0: If you post the posting. fucking things, Rod. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Finally, we record these episodes in batches right now. So, if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we may be a few weeks behind. Like usual. I think we already spilled our little news about Rogue's voice coming back like three weeks ago now for you.
0: Which is like also three weeks after it actually came out. So yep. th- th- this is six weeks late yeah. that you're reading. Months, two months later. You heard it here last, folks. What are we going to do when the show <laughs> is like live week to week? We're going to have to like record each week for seven weeks or eight weeks. We'll just do like a live. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, future problems. Now. On to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, titled A Rogue's Tale. It aired on January 8th, 1994. Currently sits at a 7.8 star rating on IMDb. And you recall this one very well, right? I never saw this episode before. I am convinced I never saw it. I only remember it
1: because of, I thought of Captain Marvel. I guess it still is, but they call her by a slightly
0: different name. Well, at the time, she was not... Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. We could get into that in later stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's a thing called burying the lead, and then there is going right to the lead. <laughs> Rod chose the latter option. Well, now you're interested. Yeah. So starts off rainy night. You see this woman walking, you know, through the rain, and I think this was a little bit of kind of that vibe of New York is still a cesspool because if you don't know, and there's there's some amazing documentaries about the Times Square Killer on Netflix. Okay, but new york city especially like manhattan and times square area was really really dangerous in the in all the way into the 80s in the early 90s before mm-hmm. it, it really turned around and became a popular tourist location getting rid of a lot of the porn stores was apparently part of the cause of that of it oh, getting cleaned up interesting at least that's what the the city of new york says
1: and it's probably still not safe to walk alone at night
0: in the rain now if you stay <laughs> at times square you're probably safe okay. If you. Three blocks in other directions. (laughs) I'm not held responsible for it. But all that is to say, this one like douchey guy who doesn't understand how rain works decides he wants to steal a woman's umbrella. Paper didn't work. Yeah, thinking a newspaper was going to protect him, (laughs) and you you see him like try to wrestle with her, and she's like, "No, I'm not giving this to you." And then you get this monstrous face reveal, which scares the crap out of him. And this big tough guy who is just going to rob a woman runs off. Yeah.
1: Was that always Mystique's power set? Did we discuss this before? Well, I know the shape-shifting, but turning to other humanoid things, you probably already answered this on a previous episode.
0: If I did or didn't, as long as they are relatively humanoid, that has been a consistent aspect okay. of her. Like she can't replicate somebody's powers. Like she she can't get like diamond skin like Emma yeah. Frost, but she can make it look like she is.
1: This one, it, just, it looked like three times bigger than her actual form, I don't know.
0: I mean, I think that's just artistic license. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, you look at something like Superman, where certain versions of Superman have one power, and then the, the next writer takes it over, and that power is multiplied by 10. So I think that's just a little bit of yeah. license of comic book. It, it, it got his job done. Right. So as Rod was alluding to, we see that this is Mystique, and Mystique goes into this really creepy abandoned apartment <laughs> building or whatever it is, and she's there to meet with Mr. Sinister. Which, once again... In, in real life, if you're invited
1: by a strange man named Mr. Sinister to a dark building in the rain at night, maybe not go.
0: <laughs> but this is the first time that we, as an audience, have seen Sinister since the fight with Cyclops and the X-Men mm-hmm. in the first and second episode of this season. Mm-hmm. So Sinister basically says that there's a gift he has for her, but he is going to expect repayment one day. Obviously, foreshadowing, shit's gonna happen. Which, once again... Don't make that deal. And he reveals to Mystique that currently there is no Xavier. He doesn't reveal how he knows this, why he knows this, but he basically says, there. if there was a time right now that you can defeat the X-Men and reclaim your daughter, this is it. And before we we go on, one thing that is really interesting about Sinister here is this is a horror version of Sinister. Like, mm-hmm. everything Sinister does is incredibly menacing and inherently evil, over time sinister has i don't want to say he's gone like comedy or slapstick but he has become a little more over the top and flamboyant okay and like i'll i'll show you some stuff and i'll I'll post some stuff on instagram because i Mm -hmm. i always do love when i reference something on the show and then i can make an instagram post about it too but the difference in sinister of this guy with a pretty clean cut face. He just has like the little like- Soul patch. The little patch on his (laughs) chin, but like the razor sharp teeth. Yeah. Versus the modern version of the comics of Sinister Today, who's like, I'm a crazy genetic scientist, but I'm also like the owner of the most popular bar on Krakoa. And I'm the one who's sharing a bunch of gossip. Like he's almost like a, the guy from Game of Thrones who has the little birdies who are informing him about the, like the shit that's going on and stuff. I didn't watch
1: Game of Thrones.
0: So it's uh, fine. I got, okay. I got shit from our buddy Joe Russo for not watching Get Out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shout out to our buddy Joe Russo, who often gets shit on Twitter because people think he's the same Joe Russo who directed the Avengers movies. He is a film director in Los Angeles. And his name on Twitter is at Joe Russo. I want to make sure that if you're going to brass my friend, you're going to get his Twitter right. I do believe it is
1: at Joe Russo because even I was like, I know that's not, but what? Joe Russo tweets. Twe- oh, was it? Okay.
0: Yep. So make sure to say hi to Joe <laughs> Russo and tell him that Cyclops is waiting for me sent you.
1: And it's funny because after we recorded last time, I realized I work not with a filmmaker, but in music with a Joey Russo. mm. So we each side of this podcast has a, a Russo-Joe-ish.
0: <laughs> They're not brothers, though. They're not the Russo no. brothers. Jumping back into the show, we, we see a farmer's market, which it's a farmer's market like on a pier, too. So they have like Carnival Rise yeah. and... Like cotton candy and it's and like
1: it's like an LA type, not LA type, but
0: like a big city type of farmer's market. I would say it's like Coney Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And you you get an attack from Pyro, from Avalanche, and Blob. Pyro specifically makes an X symbol, like the X-Men logo, out of his oh, land. Yeah, yeah. Which is just kind of like I love the subtle like middle fingers that characters <laughs> give to each other, because they obviously like can't flip each other off, but it's like, I'm gonna do something bad and I'm gonna use your symbol. People are racist, and they think all mutants are alike, so they're gonna think you did. This.
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, and, and Blob's primary function in that fight was eating ice cream. Specifically, very happy about 2D fruity. Right. Yep. I mean, I think he got a couple punches in, but he was primarily not doing anything.
0: Yeah, so Cyclops, Wolverine, Rogue, and Storm show up. The fight starts off, and very quickly, Pyro's just like, screw this. Mm-hmm. Avalanche wants to keep shooting his seismic blast into the air. And the it- Pyro just straight up abandons him. I took that as the sign that
1: Mystique sent them to like distract them or something. I do too. Yeah, but we don't know that yet.
0: But no, I think I think we even still get oh, it. He's okay. like, they're here. We did our job. Yeah. But Pyro is like, literally like, all right, cool, we're supposed to go. Avalanche is like, I'm staying. He's say. like, cool, you're staying by yourself. I'm yeah. out, bro. Yeah. Then we get the, the insult of the episode. And I just opened a pineapple white claw. So let's see how my stomach is doing tomorrow. <laughs> where Storm gets... Knocked on her ass. I don't want to say she's knocked out cold, because that's an awful pun and I hate puns. <laughs> Shut up, Rod. But gets she gets whacked with a bucket of ice cream that Blob threw at her.
1: It's really classy stuff.
0: Yeah. Rogue then proceeds to try to charge Blob and <laughs> she, she didn't learn anything from the first She didn't part. learn anything from their last encounter because she just gets like bounced back. Like she just hit a giant rubber ball in a in a like fail video on Instagram. So she's like in one of these stalls that's been destroyed. And there's a woman that's kind of like standing over her, blonde features, stuff like that. We don't really know who it is at that point, but you see like a little bit of a flash and it's a like green demon-esque face, but also has a little bit of the pseudo cowl aspect of a lot of superheroes with like blue outlines. We don't need to beat around the bush. Rob already talked about the fact that it's Ms. Marvel and we can get into the details (laughs) of that later of how that happens. But yeah, she sees this this face and it completely freaks her out. And she starts having her one of her screaming fits, which those are not pleasant. They are really hard to listen to because they're so like really legitimately uncomfortable. I I, now that we know that the
1: original voice actor for Rogue is back, Kudos to her if she can still do that. Because I don't know how she did that then. Like, that is an inhuman scream. It's
0: called breaking your voice box, I'm pretty (laughs) sure.
1: It is insane.
0: Yeah. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants basically piss off and and leave. And we see the X-Men have gone back to the mansion. And Rogue reveals that basically she had a series of memories that Professor X was helping her block. Mm Mm-hmm and always
1: healthy to repress memories instead of confronting them
0: yes absolutely that's how i deal with literally everything also white claw i have three so i basically have a wolverine set oh, in wow. front of me yeah this is what happens when we record on friday night <laughs> it's friday it's friday so because professor x has been missing we don't know how long but we, let's assume it's been at least a few weeks yeah I think, like I think i think weeks is fair and they're not able to find them but these memories have started to come back hmm so the one spot that was a little bit of a hole for me in the episode was Gene is able to find a woman who is matching the description that Ro gave her popping up everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. On a mini disc.
0: It was on a disc, <laughs> which is not bothering me because I just... Sure. I just don't know how the description... Actually, you know what? I I take that back as we're we're talking it through, because Jean can read Rogue's mind if Rogue gives her permission so she could see what this woman looks like, and then, I don't know, there's probably some cerebro interface or something. You know what? We just solved it. And we know now that Jean won't ask permission. Again... There are some times when Gene is just going to pick up on stuff because yeah. it's such an emotional moment, Rod. Yeah. Stop trying to make her as evil as Professor X. <laughs> not
1: trying to make her evil. Totally... Although, this, this time, though, it makes sense because Rogue is freaking the fuck out. Like hardcore
0: so, freaking the fuck out. So
1: if there was a time some random woman's image could flash in your head and
0: you're a telepath, like that, that seems like it'd be one. Yeah, so rogue kind of like goes outside she needs a little bit of of fresh air yeah goes to wolverine who is chopping thirst uh, trap wolverine thirst trap wolverine (laughs) got shirt off with with the single middle finger claw did you always notice like when he's doing this he's using the middle finger claw chopping wood with his claw and this image of of the woman pops up over wolverine so obviously that freaks rogue out she starts hearing voices in her head she starts looking for gene And then you kind of go into like the depths of of her mind and you see the confrontation where Rogue is being accused of taking away this woman's life. Mm -hmm. So at the time, like, what are you thinking at this point? Because obviously I'm I'm a little more loaded with who this character is because I've been reading the comics for so long. Were you picking up on who who this woman was that Rogue was had taken her life away now
1: in the current viewing? Yes, because I remember this episode. But I don't remember what I thought when I was a kid. I'm pretty, I'm like 95% sure this is where I learned that Rogue got her powers from Marvel. Right. And it's always, so this in my head is the canon. Even the ca- current Captain Marvel movie, somewhere in the multiverse, there's a rogue that killed, you know, this version of Brie Larson or whatever. Oh, you
0: know? <laughs> uh, we're going to get in trouble for that one. For real, I like Brie Larson. No, it's just Marvel. the phrase out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, Rod will not be making that as the clip for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you you essentially see Rogue having a freak out moment. She's, she's like
1: in the sunken place speaking y- of Get Out.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot,
1: you don't know that reference. No. Okay, so basically Get Out has several scenes like this in it. So then they call it the sunken place. So whenever you hear somebody in like out in real life say like, "Oh, you've gone to the sunken place" or something, that's what they're referencing.
0: You see very clearly at this point the Ms. Marvel outfit. in In particular, if you look at the history of the character of Ms. Marvel all the way up to Captain Marvel as mm-hmm. Car- Carol Danvers, this outfit is described as the Warbird outfit. It's the one that's a little more like a a, a, a leotard and in, mm-hmm. in such as opposed to the original version. Which was very inspired by the Captain Marvel colors at the time, like a combination of reds and blues very patriotic. as a, as a, as a not necessarily patriotic. it was related to Cree so oh, oh, that the green. no, no red red and blue was Cree. It was Captain Marvel shifted from a green and white suit, okay, to the red, the, the red and blue combo. Uh-huh. And then because Ms. Marvel is half Cree, She was adopting his style at the time. Gotcha. Yep. I also have the Death of Captain Marvel book that I need to read at some point. (laughs) Specifically, it's male Captain Marvel, not Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel. Going off on tangents again, basically Rogue throws a fit. She smashes a mirror. Cyclops cowers in the corner, which I'm sure Rod loved, and proceeds to go through like four floors of the mansion and go
1: through the roof. That was a cool scene though. I'm sure if I freeze frame that, you see a lot of cool moments
0: between all the people on the different Uh, floors. The only part that did not work is unless there was some passage of time that we were not told, you do see Wolverine on one of the floors. Oh, everybody teleports. We, we establish But it. he's like even wearing different clothes at that point. He's no yeah. longer like daddy First trap <laughs> Wolverine. And Storm follows her and they catch up at the Statue of Liberty on the torch, which is like a really like... It, it's a spot that obviously has significance for the x-men characters in different Mm -hmm. degrees like that's kind of the iconic battle that happens in in the first x-men movie and stuff like that we don't talk about bruno (laughs) (laughs) the first x-men movie is a good movie okay i don't like it you don't like last stand though right no okay
1: i know. and all the x-men movie when they're not when they are not they're not in their colors Mm. and stuff i'm like we're not trying to make this greedy and realistic man
0: but the grant morrison books are so freaking good rod i don't know if i read those i probably that's that's the one that inspired the black and yellow leather oh see i just assumed it was because matrix was hot at the time no i mean i i don't i can't speak to if that was why morrison did it Uh but
1: well i mean the movies i just assumed like oh like everything seemed like like leather and black at the time
0: yeah so as they're they're out on the torch they start to have like this this heartfelt moment and Rogue feels like super vulnerable and, and thinks the only way that anybody can help her is if Xavier is back and he helps her. But the visions and voices start back up. So she flies off as she's flying off. She she starts to get pretty heavy distance away from Storm, revealing that Rogue is quicker than Storm when it comes to flight and mm-hmm. such. And the blonde woman's image, who we now at this point know is 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 Ms. Marvel is is popping in front of her. Actually, I think sorry, I rephrase that. We don't know in the episode yet that it's yeah. m- that it's Ms. Marvel because Rogue has not even realized it yet. Yeah. So she goes to the hospital, breaks in from the roof of the hospital. A logistical question is, why is there a padlock on the roof from the outside yeah. and not the inside? That's a whole other- And a padlock of all things. Yeah, pa- I mean, here's the thing. I-, I understand the need for a lock, but I feel like it should be on the inside, not the outside. Because how does somebody lock it from the outside and then throw themselves off the roof to get off the roof? <laughs> Nobody's been able to investigate that person and who jumps for a while. <laughs> Mystique is up on the roof after Rogue has, has gone inside, transforms into Rogue. At that point, Storm, who is giving chase, arrives. Blob slaps down Storm and just almost, like- Almost just flicks her. Yeah, he just like smacks her down and essentially knocks her out. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Mystique turns into Storm, uses the communicator. And this is the first time we've actually seen the X symbol communicator used in the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, okay. it's something that starts to happen a lot more frequently. Yeah. I think Storm ends up being somebody who uses it a lot. Because like, it's built into her suit. Right, yeah, but like. everybody's got the spots on him. Like Cyclops has yeah. it over his, was it right peck or left peck or something like uh, that? one of them. Yeah, one mono, he only has one. one she, she's got two. Yeah, the mono peck. <laughs> <laughs> it tells everybody to get down there. Sexy. As Rogue is going through the hallways, you see the blonde woman who they refer to as a Jane Doe who's been there for a while, and unfortunately, since she's been there, has had no real change to her brain activity. The evil mutants all attack. It's kind of like a whatever fight. On the roof. Yeah, at this point, I feel like the combination of Pyro, Avalanche, and Blob have essentially become Squat, Babu, and Goldar from the Power Rangers. That's hilarious. In that they just, they have power sets that could be useful, but they just kind of suck at using them.
1: Yeah, they're just disposable goons.
0: Yeah, and they, they've become the goons and Storm has recovered at that point and literally with a wind tunnel, yeets all three of them into <laughs> the sky. We get, Mystique has now transformed into to the blonde woman and starts leading Rogue through the hospital, makes her chase her on a elevator, which Rogue like blasts through the floor of the elevator. for yeah, again. <sighs> I mean, fuck if there was an actual person in there. Right. Well, they're already in hospital. If you fall through the bottom of that elevator (laughs) shaft, it does not matter that you're in a hospital, Rod. The good part is the morgue is usually on the bottom floor. Oh, no. When we were talking about we
1: got dark on the roof and the bottom
0: floor. Or you did. I did. (laughs) Yep. Grew up with a grandfather owning a funeral parlor. Death's about joke. Don't bother me. Rogue follows Mystique into this room, and Mystique reveals herself. Rogue obviously recognizing her from the assassination episode, like, what are you doing here? Why, why'd you do this to me? And Mystique says she wants to help Rogue remember her past. And I thought it was really, really vulnerable here, again for Mystique, because she obviously cares about Rogue in a a messed up way, Mm -hmm. but like a daughter, even though they're, they're not blood, of course, but she's like, no, touch me and take my memory like see that what I'm telling you is is true and I want to help you remember your past basically saying like Xavier has clouded your judgment and you deserve to know so we replay Rogue's first kiss, which, if you remember the episode where that happens, it goes badly because that's the moment her mutant power manifested. Yep, it's all all the
1: absence films and True Love weights that did a youth group
0: showed you. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, we her we, dad disowning her. We jump to her having a very obviously bigoted father who key, no daughter of mine, which which causes her to run away. She goes to what is likely uh, a trope of the time of somebody leaving would go to a train station or a bus station and they just need to get out of town. In the pre-internet world, if you left your your town, you didn't have a cell phone with you. You didn't have a social media profile that people would be just looking and be like, oh, well, they're in LA now kind of Mm -hmm. thing.
1: Even even in the early 2000s, I remember post-college, I had a really bad breakup and God, this was such younger Rod. I had a really bad breakup and I was like, I need to leave. And we did have the internet, but it was still a little bit more common to just go to the airport and find out flights. Yeah. So I packed a bag and I went to the airport and found my first flight to Scotland. And I just left the country until I got my head straight.
0: <laughs> so I get it. At the the bus station, this older looking woman. And I would say like, let's get the impression of like mid 40s. is middle age, yeah. Yeah. How old we are now? You are. <laughs> I will be. I'm still young at heart. You're you're more of a boomer than this woman in this, the episode is, who basically says like, are you okay? Let me help you. And we don't ever get the reveal that it's Mystique at the time. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the part why when Rogue sees this woman in the assassination episode, it's kind of a big moment for her. She just thought that this woman was involved with Avalanche and Pyro, and they're doing a bunch of training with her. Mm-hmm. At the time. I, I had, the other, like...
1: Mystique kind of lets Rogue terrorize Avalanche and Pyro because they look very much in pain when she's taking their powers.
0: I mean, they are disposable doofuses. Yeah. But Rogue does get to make a puppy out of fire. So she makes cool. a fire puppy. And this is actually one of the power mistakes that happens, which is actually they're the ones that are just so far off like the domino having what looks like wind powers which yeah. just breaks my my brain <laughs> but pyro is not able to conjure flame he's not johnny storm yeah. he's able to control flame so that's why if you look at pyro for the most part he has the little flamethrowers that are built into his suits yeah. because he needs to start the flame versus there was nothing on fire for her to take over where she just started making fire but Neither here nor there, there is a very cool throwback to the outfit she's wearing, which resembles one of her original suits from the comics. That's cool. Before we get to the obviously iconic 90s Rogue, which is the green, the yellow, and the, the bomber jacket. So they head to a military base, and at that military base, they steal a jet. And <laughs> As Rogue, we do. And Rogue is apparently trained by the, the woman, her mama, to steal and fly a jet. Yeah, and just and just to which should should be a flag,
1: right? Just obey orders. But I guess we we still have to remember, even though we see Rogue as an adult and stuff at this point, she's still pretty much a teenager.
0: Yeah, she's a teenager. She's like mm-hmm. seventeen at that point. Because, and this is a little bit of a comic book inference here. The character of Carol Danvers is a part of the U.S. military. She's not a part of Shield or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it would actually make sense that Ms. Marvel was at the already there, or was already there, and. She may have had a secret identity, so because yeah, we our... never actually hear her called Carol Danvers or Carol at all in this episode. Well, we do, but we will oh, we get do? to that. Okay. So she pops out, and Rogue takes off in the jet. Ms. Marvel, which I also did. Like, there's a moment. I believe it's Blob who calls her Ms. Marvel. Yes, and she goes, "That's Ms. Marvel," <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> girl power. Girl. Yeah. So she chases down Rogue, rips off the roof of the jet, and then proceeds to pull it down. As that's happening, the jet starts to lose control because Carol is a pilot. She knows how to safely like right and land this thing. And Rogue proceeds to grab her, start absorbing her powers and does something that up to that point, she has not done before, which is to not let go. Mm -hmm, And Mystique Mystique is telling her to hold on. They end up crashing to the ground from that. And again, unlike anything she's ever done before, the powers fade away normally if she she taps into somebody else, but this time she has kept the powers and she's also retained aspects of a green evil version of Captain Marvel in her memories and it basically starts to break her and causes her to run away because she realizes that Mystique is not there to help her. Yeah, because it's essentially kind of,
1: they kind of imply that it's basically Ms. Marvel's soul. or where you could define as a soul in this situation. Like, it's not just her memories because her actual body is just completely like, because they mentioned before, she has no brain activity or no change.
0: Yeah, no change in her brain activity. So as Rogue is running away for a second time, which she, she mentions it's the second time she had to run away from a place she considered her home. Xavier calls out to her and just is like, mutant, let me help you. And unfortunately, Xavier says he can't return Ms. Marvel to her body. At that point, Ms. Marvel tries to to take control, and you actually start seeing that Rogue has taken on some of Mystique's shapeshifting abilities, and they kind of have like a struggle of identity going on at that point.
1: Yeah, then like Ms. Marvel starting to take over the body and utilize the shapeshifting, which is like, that was a really cool detail. Yeah,
0: as, as that is happening, they fly off with Mystique in her grasp, so to speak, <laughs> and they just can't keep up with her. She's going so fast, and, and just, you, you can't keep up. Jean pops into, what'd you call it? The dreamscape, the mindscape, the, oh, the sunken place. Sunken place. Yeah. And C and is the evil, like green, corrupted version of, of Ms. Marvel, maybe, yeah, is so a fair way to say it.
1: Is this what happens when you're stuck in someone's mind without, like, you know, yeah, modern being blocked off and such? <laughs> yeah. She didn't get to shower for a, few, yeah. like, a decade.
0: And one cool thing that actual image of the Captain Marvel with the green alien esque skin is from the cover of Uncanny X Men, number 269. Jean says essentially like you can't destroy her. If you destroy her, you're you're both screwed. Which I guess is a fair warning, but also like,
1: is that good for either of them anyway? Like that situation, I mean, that just sucks. They're
0: not doing great right now. Yeah. So it leads to within within the mental walls because it kind of has little bits of vibes to Shadow King and in yes. the dreamscape. But they create a metal cage inside Rogue's mind, and then unfortunately lock Ms. Marvel in it like what well, covers it in cement or it's it's further like quote unquote steel or something yeah. like that but it's like it's it's blocking her out which is really sad
1: that's really horrific yeah because once you know so far we haven't been shown anything that ms marvel did anything wrong if anything she was defending her territory yeah
0: up up until this point ms marvel has not deserved what happened to her mm-hmm. and you know if you know anything about the character Especially at that point in her career, she had not done anything that was questionable. There are certain modern takes of Ms. Marvel, which I'm not a fan of, like the, no. civ- the Civil War II version of her in particular. I don't, okay. I don't need to go into it, but I, I, there, there are things that she does in that that's very Minority Report that I don't dig. So but she does like future sins and stuff. It, she's holding people accountable for things they haven't done yet. Mm, yeah, gotcha. but but she's really the victim here as. As well as Rogue. Like Rogue mm-hmm. was a, a victim manipulated and Carol was wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. So coming out of, of this mental battle, Rogue is holding Mystique in the air. They continue to to kind of have a little bit of a back and forth. And and Rogue says, I belong with the X-Men now. And you only ever cared about me, about my powers. And I think in her own diluted way, like Mystique believes she cared for Rogue the way a mother would care for her daughter Mm -hmm.
1: an abusive mother
0: (laughs) yeah it's definitely not a healthy relationship by any means but i i i think to to the extent of mystique doesn't believe she's doing anything wrong especially Mm -hmm. as a mutant who has seen the atrocities and is is obviously older she's she's like well i don't care about the human race i just care about me and my kind getting by right now so they end up on the roof on the roof they just kind of have this like Parting of ways and Mystique is, is left to her own devices again, which is Rod's favorite thing about this show is they let so many people go.
1: And they're like, why are we in the situation again? Well, do you want the answer or do you want
0: <laughs> Do you want the nice answer or the true answer? Yeah. yeah. So back at the at the mansion, Rogue, she's dressed up a little bit. Yeah, she's gambit
1: she's, is, you know, being gambit.
0: Yeah. He's like, ooh. ooh. Like, <laughs> yeah, something along the lines of, like, you're dressing up for me? And she goes, no, I'm I'm going to go see an old friend. And she visits Ms. Marvel in the hospital. And that's where Rod, the nurse, comes in and is very surprised and goes, nobody ever comes to visit. Did you know her? And Rogue says, yeah, her name is Carol Danvers. And we were very close. Oh, man. So
1: I remember that scene, but I think Rogue's accent was thick enough and <laughs> I was tired enough.
0: <laughs> that I did not catch that. Yeah. So that is the the mention where it's it's revealed who who this woman is to the hospital. Yeah. And watching it in real time, not remembering having watched it prior. I almost had like a what the fuck moment because Rogue touches Carol's hand. I was like, oh good, she's gonna kill this woman. Right, (laughs) there's nothing left to take. Yeah, that was my biggest worry. And as it happens, you see something that's monitoring her brain activity, give a little bit of a register. (laughs) Looks like a heart monitor. It looks like a heart monitor, but it's definitely supposed to, I'm assuming it's supposed to be brain activity because- They pointed at it earlier. Yeah, and you see a little bit of a smile start to eke out from her face. (laughs) We're assuming it's a smile. She's a, she's actually having a seizure. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, because it's like kind of still unclear, like how much of her is still in this body and how much is in Rogue's head, trapped in that cement prison.
0: Yeah. So that we end on a little bit of a redemptive note is, I think, the the best way to describe it. Because, yeah. like, we see, to your point, Carol never did anything wrong mm-hmm. in in this, but here, at least in as best a way as she knows how, Rogue is trying to to set things right. Mm-hmm.
1: This, this whole episode, like I said, this is the one that cemented Rogue's kind of, like, quote-unquote origin. To me, at least, the, the Rogue that we know. And so, I that's this is where I actually knew Captain Marvel from. And I think it might have been because they labeled the action figure Captain Marvel or something and stuff. Because I I didn't remember until I watched it this time that she called herself Ms. Marvel and stuff. but Yeah,
0: um, she... In the comics... Up until the Brian Michael Bendis version of New Avengers, she was still going by Warbird. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So like into the two thousands, she was she was not Captain Marvel until r- I, off the top of my head has to be after two thousand seven okay. is when that change took place. You know what's funny though is, so
1: this is my reference or like my, my head can, or like my head can, like my version my concrete original version of Rogue Origin. But the MCU Captain Marvel movie is where I know Captain Marvel's origin from. So all the free right. stuff and everything's from that. So it's a weird met ma- mashup of like origins. But also this episode, even back then and now, still doesn't sit well with me. I I don't I don't I know it's a redemptive arc as far as like the story
0: goes, but I still don't feel good when the episode ends. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that is very reminiscent to Rogue's origin in the comics, and that is mm-hmm. a problematic aspect of rogue is she got her powers from a soldier who was doing the right thing it wasn't a soldier who was following orders it was a soldier who was doing the right thing and it it ends up leading in the comics to captain marvel uh, or sorry to carol dying not from rogue but from her coming back magneto killing her and then Mm -hmm. i mean nobody stays dead in comics especially in the modern yeah. X-Men. I keep telling Rod about like the Resurrection Protocols on the Krakoa era yeah. and he's just like looking at me with eyes glazed <laughs> over. He's like, "Wait, so Wolverine has died how many times so, yeah. in the last like 2 years and I, it's got to be at least 16 or 17?"
1: Yeah. Also, now if you weren't familiar with this story with Rogue and Carol Danvers and stuff, now you kind of know why they rushed Captain Marvel in the MCU because X-Men are presumably going to be introduced into the MCU pretty soon or relatively
0: quickly I think they needed their Superman to be totally honest well they, all,
1: they needed that yeah but also like they're like listen we're only gonna get so many movies with this lady before something's gonna happen and it's gonna be really hard to re-edit this origin <laughs> because i feel like this is a pretty strong point of Rogue's story right like there's not very many alternates of her getting those powers
0: it's a it's a very strong version of of the the origin story for rogue like even off the top of my head i can't think of alternate versions that stood out to me from like alternate timelines and stuff like that that said we don't even know who is going to be in the modern x-men when they do get debuted so hopefully this show kind of influences it though yeah 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 we want to see that Southern belt. Yeah. robe. As far as anything else from the notes and stuff like that, we already talked about this the first time seeing the excommunicator used. The origin, very reminiscent of the comics. One of the questions that's addressed is what happens when she doesn't let go? And this is why we see why she does let go. Yeah. Because otherwise she is going to take more than just a normal human's energy or a mutant's powers like when she took this optic blast from Cyclops. Mm-hmm. So, And then, oddly enough, three episodes in a row didn't have a Magneto and Xavier moment but this one Eric Leewold actually addresses in the book that he believes they had one planned but they were probably running so long on the story that they had to cut it in favor of keeping Rogue's origin the whole length
1: yeah they were were skipping enough as it was Right, not skipping you could tell some parts were like going a little faster
0: any final thoughts Rod?
1: no this is one of the few episodes I actually remembered for the most part you know at least the overarching
0: which is hilarious to me (laughs) Considering the goldfish,
1: yes, <laughs> I remember her being introduced to Captain Marvel in this episode, and that's how Rogue got her powers. That at least that principle. Spec. I don't know if I remember the hospital stuff and everything else, but I don't know. It, it was one of the. This is one of the episodes that stuck with me through the years.
0: Thank you guys for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or the official Instagram post for this show. If you liked what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on a podcast app of your choosing. Five stars would be awesome subtle You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, and I hope that Rod's TikToks are doing just right. as good so he never is allowed to stop posting them.
1: <laughs> as long as I remember, I forgot last week and we tried to catch up. We might have found a better day to post them, so or reels are being random again.